اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم سورة النساء آیا نمبر 58 ان اللہ یأمرکم انڈیڈ اللہ آرڈرز یو اللہ کمانز یو ان تو ادو that you render, that you return, that you hand over al-amanat, the trusts, to who? Ila ahliha, to whom they are due, to those who are deserving of it. Inna Allah ya'murukum, Allah orders you. And when Allah orders us something, when He commands us of something, then do we have a choice? We don't have a choice. Then we have to do it. Isn't it so? It's like when there's something in the law, When something is imposed on the citizens of a country, then do they have a choice? They don't. They have to do it. Like for example, when you have your driver's license, do you ever have the choice of running a red light? Ever? No. I remember once a lady was telling me that she was speeding. And she really had to go to the bathroom. So she started speeding. She ran a red light. So she got caught immediately by a police officer. He pulled her over and she's like, why are you speeding? She said, I really have to go to the washroom. So he said, well, you could have stopped at Tim Hortons. Just because you have a certain situation or you are in a particular need that doesn't give you the right, the reason to break the law. Isn't it so? When you take your driver's test, don't they ask you that in what situation can you drive without a license? What's the answer? In no situation, even in an emergency, if you don't have a license, if you're not allowed, you cannot sit behind the wheel. So likewise, when Allah, who is greater than any ruler on this planet, than any owner, than any boss on this planet, who is stronger than any government, any authority, in this world. When Allah orders you something, then that means you don't have a choice. You just have to do it. So, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَأْمُرُكُمْ He commands you, He orders you, and to أَدُّوا amanat That you render trusts. That you hand over the responsibilities. To أَدُّوا from the root letters Hamza Dalia and the word ada is to return in full, to pay back So to addu that you hand over, you pay back, you return, you fulfill al-amanat. Plural of the word amana. What's the root of the word amana? Hamza mim noon. What does the word aman mean? Aman, peace, security, safety. And amana is basically anything that a person is entrusted with. Anything that a person is entrusted with, whether it is a responsibility, a due, something tangible, something intangible, it is to carry out any task, any responsibility that a person has been instructed to do. How? In the most honest and the most correct way. And remember that a person has an amana, a responsibility or a trust that he has from Allah and also from people. For example, we all have to pray salah. So what is amana in performing the salah? That we pray correctly, we pray properly. What is amana in wudu? That you perform the wudu properly, you don't leave half of your arm dry, you don't skip some of the steps. Likewise, when it comes to fasting, what's amana? That you fast properly, you don't eat a snack in the middle, you don't just take a sip of water here and there. 
even if other people are not watching, because you have been instructed to carry out this responsibility of fasting in the most honest and the most correct way. And amana, we have also been given from who? From different people. So for example, if your friend gives you something to keep for her, she tells you, please keep my bag, I'll be back in an hour. So what is amana over there? That bag, you have to look after it, you have to take care of it. If you leave it unattended, if you're negligent towards it, you could lose it, somebody could come and take it, somebody could come and open it. Have you been trustworthy? Have you fulfilled your amana? No, you haven't. Have you fulfilled your responsibility? No, you haven't. Likewise, amana is also a responsibility that a person has been imposed with. So for example, as citizens of this country, we have been made responsible of certain things. We have to do them. You know, just now you saw the presentation on parking. So when it comes to parking, parking responsibly, right? Likewise, if a person is enrolled in a course, what's fulfilling the amana? That a person does whatever is required on his part. All right? So indeed, Allah orders you that you render the trusts, you fulfill the trusts, the responsibilities. And this is the reason why this ayah will be understood in two ways. That when someone has entrusted you with an amana, then what should you do? To addu. You return it. You hand it over. You fulfill the commitment. You fulfill the responsibility that you have accepted. The Prophet ﷺ said, Addil amanata ila manitamanak, wala takhun man khanak. He said, return the trust to those who entrusted you and do not betray those who betrayed you. In another hadith we learned, the Prophet ﷺ said, لا إيمان لمن لا أمانة له ولا دين لمن لا عهد له The one who does not fulfill trusts has no faith. A person who does not fulfill the amanat that has been given to him, then he has no faith. And the one who does not fulfill commitments has no religion. So Allah tells you, fulfill your trusts, your responsibilities, your amanat that you have been entrusted with. And secondly, that when you have to choose someone for a responsibility, then give to who? Ila ahliha. What does it mean by ahl? Ahl has two meanings. First of all, those who are owners of it. So for example, somebody gives you their bag to look after, then you have to return it to them. Your sister gives you her makeup to keep for some time. And she says, give it back to me. Like, no, no, I'm not giving back to you. It's mine now. Is that the way? No, you have to return it to her. Alright? And secondly, that when you want to give a responsibility to someone, then give to who? To those who are ahl of it. Meaning to those who are deserving of it. Those who are capable. Those who are qualified. Those who can carry it out responsibly. For example, if you want someone to lay the table, and there are also knives, or cutlery that's really heavy, or dishes that are very fragile, will you have a child do that job? No. If you have a child do that job, what's going to happen? He's going to end up hurting himself or making a mess. So you have been irresponsible in giving that amana to that child. Allah says, give the responsibility to the one who is Capable of fulfilling it. Ila ahliha. And this tells us that a person should not choose people based on his own like or dislike. There is no favoritism in our religion. Rather, justice has to be there. Justice. 
that the one who is capable, he should be assigned the responsibility. And the one who is not capable, the one who is not qualified, then he should not be given that responsibility. Why? Because he's going to end up harming himself and harming others. Remember that hadith we learned where the Prophet ﷺ told a particular companion that I find you weak, so do not take charge of an orphan or his property. Why? Because he noticed that weakness in him, that you may not be able to fulfill that responsibility correctly and properly. So it is the responsibility of those who are giving an amana to someone to choose people who are capable. And secondly, if we find ourselves incapable of something, then we should not go ahead and take it. Because then we'll be doing more damage than good. Allah says, وَإِذَا حَكَمْتُمْ And when you judge بَيْنَ النَّاسِ Between people, أَن تَحْكُمُوا بِالْعَدْلِ Then Allah commands you that you judge with justice. Notice the word annas. Who is annas? All people. So whoever it is, whether it is your family or your friends, your enemy or your acquaintances, people whom you know, people whom you don't know, people from whom you will get benefit, people whom you will never receive any benefit, people who are Muslim or not, no matter who it is, if you are in a position where you have to pass a judgment between people, where you have to make a decision between people, then how should you make a decision? Based on your bias? Yeah? Based on your personal preferences? Based on your likes and dislikes? No. Based on adl, justice. And what is adl? Justice. That everyone is given what they deserve. Everyone is treated in the way that they should be treated. And this justice is so important that the scholars have said that when a person is passing judgment between people, he should be just even in the way that he looks at them. Meaning that if there are two disputants who have come to him asking for a solution, seeking a solution, then he should not look at one person very nicely and the other with a very harsh and stern look. No. He should be just even in the way that he looks at them. Even in the manner that he faces them. Even in the kind of words, the tone of voice, even that is necessary. And this teaches us a very important lesson. That when, you know, little children for example, you know, they come to us, or our friends come to us, sometimes it happens that people come to us with their problems. Then what do we do typically? We hear one side of the story, or we get sold completely to who? To the person who presented their story first. And the second person is always bad, right? Or the one whom we haven't heard, then they're always in the wrong. Is that adl? That's not adl. Be just and be fair. وَإِذَا حَكَمْتُمْ بَيْنَ النَّاسِ أَن تَحْكُمُوا بِالْعَدْلِ And this is with regards to any decision that a person is making. For example, if a person is deciding that he wants to give a gift to you know, his children, then even when giving gifts to his children, he has to be just. That what he gives to one child, he gives something of equal value to the other child as well. If a parent kisses one child, then they should kiss the other child as well. And tahkumu bil adl. And this is so rewardable. The Prophet ﷺ said that the just people will be seated upon pulpits of light before Allah. Imagine, pulpits, podiums of light. They'll be seated on that before Allah. Who are they? Those who do justice in their decisions with their families and also in what is entrusted to them. 
in Allah, indeed Allah, ni'imma, how excellent is that which? The word ni'imma is a combination of ni'ma and ma. Ni'ma meaning excellent, and ma, this is extra for the purpose of emphasis. That how excellent, how good, how nice. Ya'ilukum bi is that which Allah instructs you with. Ya'ilu from the root letters wa'u'inlah, wa'u'mawu'ilah, instruction, advice. So what an excellent advice Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving you. And this is indeed an excellent advice. How is it excellent? How is it good? Because it is very beneficial for a person. It is good for his dunya, good for his deen, good for his akhirah. And this is something that will help him in dealing with people as well. You know, for example, if you make a hurried decision based on you know, the one side of the story that you've heard, then what's going to happen? Later on you will have regrets. That why did I not listen to the other side of the story? Correct? If for example, a parent always kisses one child and the other, you know, because the other child is not that loving or that expressive, they kind of neglect them or they don't kiss them as much or as often, then what will happen? Children develop jealousy between themselves. Isn't it so? So if this justice is not maintained, if amana is not given to those who are deserving of it, then this will lead to problems in this life for us. And if we fulfill, then what's going to happen? This is good for us. Inna Allaha ni'imma ya'lukum bi. Inna Allaha kana sami'an basira. Indeed, Allah is ever hearing and seeing. He is hearing and seeing always, all the time. Whatever you say, whatever you do, Allah sees you, Allah hears you, He watches you. Because sometimes we have an amana, something that we have to return to someone or a responsibility that we have been given. And other people cannot always micromanage us. Isn't it so? Other people cannot always have their eyes on us. Who is watching us? Allah. Who is going to ask us? Allah. Who should we be afraid of? Our boss? That if they find out I came five minutes late, or I didn't do this work, or you know I didn't complete this task on time, they're going to be very upset, so I'm not going to tell them, and I'm not going to let them know. Instead, I'm going to do this to make up for this fault. You know, I'm going to hide it in this way. If a person does that, who's watching him? Allah is watching him. Allah hears and He sees. Now, think about the amana, the responsibility, the trusts, that you have been given. With respect to family life, with respect to student life, with respect to work life, whatever kind of roles that you're playing, think about the various responsibilities that have been imposed on you. Can you think of them? Even as friends? Hmm? So what is amana? Fulfilling them. Let me ask you. Let's say, as a friend you have been entrusted with certain secrets, okay? Or certain confidential matters that your friend tells you about something that's private, that's personal, that's confidential. And you know that she expects you to not tell anybody about it. Then what is amana in that? That you don't let out her secrets. You don't let them out. But typically what do we do? We tell people like, you know what, don't tell anybody, okay? Don't tell anybody. And then like this, you know, the information goes from one person to the other. And the next thing you know, the whole world knows about it. Right? And every individual has been told, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. 
But we feel it's okay to tell others as long as we tell them, don't tell anybody. No, it's not okay. It's not correct. Likewise, as a sibling, you have been entrusted with your sister's stuff while she's gone somewhere. So what's amana? Get a hold of all her clothes and sell them on Kijiji. Yeah? Or put a garage sale on and sell all of her collections. Yeah? Is that amana? No, that's not amana. Or use her stuff. You know, one is that it's okay. It's understood between you and your sister that you use each other's stuff. That's different. But if you go on using her things that she doesn't want you to use, then is that amana? No, it's not amana. As a daughter, you have been entrusted with some money. Your parents give you access to a bank account, you know, expecting you to be responsible, to use that money for a genuine reason, for the reason that you have taken permission from them. And there you go at the end of the month as your dad checks the statement. There's like zero dollars left. What happened? Oh, I just, uh, you know, was out and I got that and I got this. I didn't even know the money just went. And you say, yeah, yeah, I paid for the tuition and I got books. Whereas all that money went, you know, with friends and in the mall and in the dollar store or <laughs> at Claire's, right? So is that a mana? That's not a mana. So Allah commands you that you fulfill the trust, the responsibilities that you have been given. That it's amazing that sometimes you see young people with uh, great phones, Right? And, uh, you know, they're shopping all over the mall, one store after the other, buying Starbucks coffee and eating out. I mean, you wonder, where did they get all that money from? And then when you go to a store to buy something and you present your card, they say, no, we cannot take it unless there is a pin on it. Why? Because there are other kids who misuse their parents' cards. Right? Because they can copy their parents' signature so well. Right? So they go on and they purchase whatever they want. Is that a manna? No. That's not a manna. Now likewise, as a student, if it is expected of us to memorize our lesson, to do our lesson, let's say seven times, or to fulfill our assignments on time, right? Then is that a manna? Yes. So we have to fulfill that as well. If it's someone's dishes that we have because they sent some food to us, right? And they're not plastic boxes from the dollar store, but they're actually proper boxes, proper dishes, then what's the responsibility that we return them. So Allah orders you to return the amana. Our life is also an amana on us. Your body is an amana on you. Taking care of it. Doing with your life what you should be doing. Not wasting your time. Not wasting your hours, your seconds, your moments. The energy, the strength that Allah has given you, the mental capacity that Allah has given you, the talents that Allah has given you, this is all amana. Not wasting them, not using them for useless things, this is part of amana. So Allah orders you to do this. Then Allah says, Ya ayyuhalladina amanu, O you who have believed, Atir Allah, obey Allah. Why obey Allah? Because where would you go if you didn't obey Him? What would you do if you disobeyed Him? Who can save you? What can protect you? You're nothing without Him. If you disobey Him, then you're very vulnerable. You're in a very bad situation. You're in a very risky situation. 
You know, it's like if a person has committed a crime, they can try to run and hide for maybe a day, maybe two days, maybe three days. They can be on the run with the police chasing them from one end of the city to the other, from one country to another. But eventually what happens? They get caught. And sometimes criminals get caught after how long? Even years, even decades. But they do get caught. Right? A crime that was hidden, that was concealed, eventually got exposed and the criminals get caught. And if they don't get caught here, eventually they will be caught in the hereafter, right? So think about it. If the justice system, if the security system of this dunya is such that a criminal cannot hide, that a criminal can be tracked so easily, found so quickly, then you think Allah cannot catch us? He cannot find us? He cannot punish us? Definitely He can. The other day, all of us going somewhere, and we were basically standing at a red light. And then I noticed that the car next to us was actually a police car, but you know, it was a black car with disguised police car, basically. And then I heard uh, a beep, 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 like the sound of a siren. And we got a little scared, like we didn't do anything wrong. And I heard that again. So I looked on my right, and there was a car next to the police car. And the policeman told that lady to park on the side. And then he went and he gave her a ticket, or I don't know what he did. But I was like, you can't hide in this dunya even. You can't hide in this world. There are cameras installed. You know, like when you see those black things up on the ceiling, and you find that those cameras, you become so conscious, right? So careful. Yeah, now you're looking for the cameras, huh? <laughs> we become so careful. And because of that fear, we don't dare disobey. But who's watching us even more? Who's watching us all the time? Who knows about what's going on in our heart and our head? Allah. So, أَطِيرُ Allah, Obey Allah. You can't hide from Him. You can't run from Him. You can't deceive Him. You can't fool Him. You can fool your mom, but not Allah. أَطِيرُ Allah, And obey Him because He's the one who made you. It doesn't make sense that someone who's been so generous to you, so kind to you, so merciful to you, you go and disobey Him. It doesn't make sense. That if He has told us to do something, then that is in fact best for us. Because He knows what is best for us. He knew what kind of eyes were best for you. This is the reason why He gave you the kind of eyes that you have. Right? He knows what kind of limbs are best for you. This is the reason why He created such limbs for you. Right? So when He has made you in the best way, then the commands that He has given you are also the best for you. So this is the reason why, أَطِيعُ اللَّهَ وَأَطِيعُ الرَّسُولِ And obey the messenger as well. Why obey the messenger? Because if he tells you to do something, it's because Allah told him to tell you that. Obeying the messenger is like obeying Allah. وَأَطِيعُ الرَّسُولِ And then Allah says, also obey who? وَأُولِي الْأَمْرِ مِنْكُمْ And those people of Amr among you. What does Amr mean? Amr means command, right? Instruction. So Ulil Amr are those people who command, who instruct. So who are they? Those people who have authority among you. Obey those who have authority among you as well. Meaning obey the leader. Obey the authority. Ulul Amr are those in command. 
those who have some kind of authority over us, those who have the right to command us, to instruct us with something or forbid us from something, those who set some rules, some guidelines for us, you know, do's and don'ts. And there are different kinds. Starting from the top, Ulul Amr, who are they? First of all, looking at the big picture, first of all, from among the people, after the Messenger wasallam, who's Ulul Amr? Okay, so for example, at the time of the Sahaba, after the Prophet wasallam, the Khulafa, right? And today, the leader, so for example, the president, alright? Or the king, whatever the system is, alright? Go down a little bit, let's say in your state, in your province, in the city that you live in, whether it is Makkah or Medina or Islamabad or whatever, wherever you are, the leader over there, if they have set some rules for you that you pay these taxes, you don't go to such places, you follow these rules, you pay the taxes at this day, then that's what? A command that they have given us. Alright? Because the thing is that it's always a two-way relationship. You can't be in a situation where you're constantly benefiting from someone, that somebody is spending their day and night in making sure that you're living in a safe and secure city, that the roads are good, the schools are good, the people who are managing different things, they are good, everything is being done in justice. And you say that, oh no, 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 we don't have to obey these people. Who said we have to obey the mayor? Who said we have to obey these people? And what's the general excuse that people give? A non-Muslim. Kafir. A kafir man, who's, you don't have to obey them. But the thing is that as long as they are telling you to do something that is ma'roof, that is correct, that does not contradict the law of Allah, then you have to obey. Alright? Because they have authority. When they're not telling you to disobey Allah, when they're not telling you to do that which is haram, then you will obey them in that matter which is correct. So like people say, who says you have to follow the law of Canada? Where does it say in the Quran? You know, we just have to follow the law of Allah. So run through a red light, break all the traffic laws, who cares? I'm not going to do it. If I get a ticket, I'll go fight for it. Hmm? I'll go fight it off. This is our attitude generally. This is how we dismiss every law that we have to follow, every rule that we have to observe. And unfortunately, this is something very common amongst the Muslims. We will cheat, we will deceive, we will do khiyana just to get our own way. Likewise, Ulul Amr, now your boss, wherever you're working or you're studying, whether it's in the form of a teacher or in the form of a principal of a school or in the form of even the manager, whoever it is that you're working under, you have to obey them. But if they tell you to do something that's not allowed in the religion, like for example, tell you cannot take a break for salah, you cannot, you're not allowed. Then in that case, will you obey them? Will you obey them? No, you cannot obey them. Even if that means that you have to leave your job. Okay? Likewise, if they tell you, no, no, you cannot wear this hijab. Not acceptable here. Then in that case, again, you're not going to obey them. Either they accept you the way you are, or you leave that and Allah will give you something better. Okay? So, obey Allah, obey the messenger, and those of authority, those who are in command among you. Obey them as well. Why is it necessary to obey the leader? Why? Yes, Sarah? Exactly. So that there's no chaos. If the leader is being disobeyed, then everything's going to go haywire. 
there will be no sukoon, there will be no peace, nothing at all. Nobody will know what's going on, everybody's suffering because one person has broken the rules, other people also suffer because of them. So this is the reason why obey the leader. And by the way, ulul amr also includes the husband of a woman. Okay? Because we learned earlier that ar-rijalu qawamun. The men are the managers, the maintainers. Who is a manager by the way? The leader. I mean, come on. If the manager is not supposed to be the leader, then who is supposed to be the leader? So if the husband says, yes, we are going to do this, or no, we're not going to do this, then that's it. Okay? But again, in ma'roof, if the husband says, no, I don't want you to wear this hijab, I don't want you to read the Qur'an at all, I don't want you to pray salat, then in that case, you can't say, oh, I'm such an obedient wife, I don't wear hijab because my husband doesn't want me to. No, this is not obedience, because there is no obedience to the creation in disobedience to the Creator. The Prophet ﷺ said, the Muslim is required to hear and obey in that which he likes and dislikes, unless he was commanded to sin. When he is commanded with sin, then there is no hearing and no obeying. When he is commanded to sin, then no hearing or obeying. The Prophet ﷺ said, إِنَّمَا الطَّاعَةُ فِي الْمَعْرُوفِ Ta'a, obedience, is in matters that are correct. So whatever kind of leader it is, Whoever the person in authority is, if they're telling you to do something, then you have to follow. And by the way, disobeying the leader, okay, especially if it's a believing leader, someone who is commanding us with justice, with that which is correct, with something that Allah has told us, and if a person disobeys that leader, then who is he actually disobeying? Allah. Because who is telling us to obey the leader? Allah is telling us to obey the leader. So if we disobey the leader, then who are we disobeying? Allah. When we obey the leader, who are we obeying? Allah. So this is a serious matter. Which is why in a hadith we learned that the Prophet ﷺ said that whoever obeys my leader, meaning a leader who comes after me, then in fact he has obeyed me. A leader who has been appointed by the Messenger ﷺ, he has obeyed the Messenger. And whoever disobeys him has in fact disobeyed the Messenger. A while back, there was a man, he had a beard, okay. so he was applying for a job, and um, he went for the interview, so the person who was hiring him, he asked him that, why do you have a beard, right? So the man said that, because the Prophet ﷺ had a beard, so I'm just following in his sunnah. The person who was hiring, he said that, I can only offer you the job if you shave off your beard. The man thought about it, and then he said, okay, I'll shave off. And then um, the person who was hiring, he refused the job. He said, I'm not taking you, and... Uh, the person was very shocked, right? He said, I'm only doing what you said. So um, the person who was hiring, he said that if you can't obey your messenger, you won't obey us. How true. If we don't obey the messenger, if we don't obey Allah, then how can we obey the leaders? And if we don't obey the leaders who are in front of us, then how can we obey the messenger who's not in front of us anymore? How can we obey Allah whom we do not see? So it all goes together. There is an attitude of obedience and there is an attitude of disobedience. There is an attitude of samirna wa atarna and a different attitude of samirna wa asayna. So obey Allah and obey the messenger and also obey the leaders among you. Now the leaders among you, ulul amr, this has also been interpreted as those people who command justice. 
those people who command the truth, those people who instruct others about what Allah has revealed. And who can do that? Someone who knows about what Allah has revealed. Someone who knows about the law that Allah has prescribed. So who are they? Who are the ulul amr then? The ulama, the scholars. The scholars. So not just someone who is a political leader or someone who has a worldly position, but also someone who has the knowledge of the deen. If the alim, if the scholar is instructing the people with something, then what should they do? They should listen and they should obey. وَأُولِي الْأَمْرِ مِنْكُمْ فَإِن تَنَازَعْتُمْ فِي شَيْءٍ Then if you dispute concerning anything, تَنَازَعْتُمْ from نُونْ زَائِعِينَ نَزَعَ is to pull. And تَنَازَعْ is when people are pulling something to themselves. Now if there is one rope, okay, or one cushion, one object, and two people are pulling it to themselves, then what's happening? This is a fight basically, a dispute basically. That both want the same thing. So فَإِن تَنَازَعْتُمْ فِي شَيْءٍ If you dispute concerning something, whether it's among yourselves, or you have a dispute with the leader, the leader tells you to do something, and you're like, no, this is something we're not allowed to do, this is something we should not be doing, there is a matter that is confusing, then in that case, how should you solve it? فَرُدُّوهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَالرَّسُولِ Then return it. Return that matter of dispute. To who? To Allah and His Messenger. Ruddu from Radaldal, Radda is to return. So a dispute, return it to Allah and His Messenger, meaning ask Allah and His Messenger to solve the problem for you, to give the solution to you, to tell you what you should do and what you should not do in that situation, what is right and what is wrong. Who is right and who is wrong. Have them decide for you. Now, at the time when the Prophet ﷺ was alive, was this possible? Of course. This is why the people would go to the Prophet ﷺ all the time. Right? If they misunderstood something, they were not sure about what was right, what was wrong, who would they go to? The Messenger ﷺ. Right? And then he would give them the solution. If he didn't know, then he wouldn't say anything until Allah would reveal concerning that. Remember the story of that woman? Against her husband pronounced the words of Lihar that you are to me like the back of my mother. Right? And then she came to the Prophet ﷺ complaining that, you know, this is not fair. I spent so many years with him and I bore so many children and, and this is not right, this is not fair. But he didn't have a solution for her. So then what happened? Allah revealed verses concerning that issue. So at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, very much possible. What about today? What are you supposed to do today? Referring the matter to Allah means referring the matter to the book of Allah. Rasul, referring the matter to the Messenger ﷺ means referring the matter to the sunnah of the Messenger ﷺ. Because remember that anything that is of benefit to people, that the people need to know, that Allah has informed us of it. The Messenger ﷺ conveyed it. يَا أَيُّهَا الرَّسُولِ بَلِّغْ Convey مَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْكَ Everything that has been revealed to you. The Messenger ﷺ conveyed. Allah revealed the Qur'an and also revealed the clarification of the Qur'an, the explanation of the Qur'an. So the law is clear. The solutions are there. This is why we say that our deen is a complete way of life. It's a complete deen from which nothing at all is missing. So فَرُدُّوهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَالرَّسُولِ 
Allah says in Surah Al-Shura, ayah 10, وَمَا اخْتَلَفْتُمْ فِيهِ مِنْ شَيْءٍ فَحُكْمُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ And in anything over which you disagree, its ruling is to be referred to Allah. Refer to the book of Allah. And who will do this? إِن كُنْتُمْ تُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ If you believe in Allah and the last day. So those who believe in Allah and the last day, what will they refer to? The book of Allah and the sunnah of the Messenger ﷺ. ذَلِكَ خَيْرٌ That is better for you. وَأَحْسَنُ تَأْوِيلًا And best in result. Ta'wil from Hamza Wawlam. Ta'wil is basically interpretation. Okay? Interpretation. And it's also understood as the final result. The final result of something. The end consequence of something. So, referring to Allah and His Messenger, this is something that is good, khair, for when? For right now. For the present. وَأَحْسَنُ تَأْوِيلًا And for the future, it will bring an excellent result. It will bring the best result. It will bring the best solution. It will be the best for you in the future as well. So obeying Allah and the Messenger, solving our problems, our dispute, referring to Allah and His Messenger, this is something good for us now and good for us later. Because sometimes it happens that we seek solutions that will just solve the problem for now. You solve the problem for now, but then what happens after some time? The blister comes back again. The wound begins to bleed again. Because the problem is not solved from the root. Think about the matter of divorce. That how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prescribed the law. That a woman does not pronounce divorce. Who pronounces the divorce? The husband. Because if the woman was given the right, then no man would remain married. Really. So is it good for now and for later? Not at all. What is good for now and for later? The decision that Allah has made that the man pronounces divorce. Let's listen to the recitation. إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَأْمُرُكُمْ أَن تُؤَدُّوا الْأَمَانَاتِ إِلَىٰ أَهْلِهَا وَإِذَا حَكَمْتُمْ بَيْنَ النَّاسِ أَن تَحْكُمُوا بِالْعَدْلِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ نِعِمَّا يَعِظُكُمْ بِهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ كَانَ سَمِيعًا بَصِيرًا يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَطِيعُوا اللَّهَ وَأَطِيعُوا الرَّسُولَ وَأُولِي الْأَمْرِ مِنْكُمْ فَإِنْ تَنَازَعْتُمْ فِي شَيْءٍ فَرُدُّوهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَالرَّسُولِ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ تُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ if you go to a masjid and you see a sign over there, no food and drinks allowed inside. What should we do at that time? Whatever. These people don't clean the masjid anyway. What difference is my cup of tea going to make? And by the way, I just bought this coffee from Starbucks, not Tim Hortons, from Starbucks. And I am going to take it inside and I am going to finish it. Yeah? Allah says, Ulil Amr. The management of the masjid, are they not ulil amr? Yes, they are. Likewise, if they've said, park here, not here, then obeying them is necessary. Correct? If your mom has set certain rules, 8 o'clock, everybody has to be in the house. I don't care whether you have a class or whatever, everybody has to be in the house. No going out after 8. 
then you can't say, oh, mom, come on, I'm 18 years old. Let me go out. You know, I'm an adult. Technically, I could move out, you know. You're lucky I'm still here. Yeah? Is that what should be done? No. If your landlord has a certain rule, no smoking in the house, no pets in the house, then what should you do? Sneak in the pets when they're not looking? Yeah? No. That's not obeying the leader. They are your leader in that respect, right? So whoever's the leader in whatever respect, we have to obey. That the masjid that we have, this facility that we have been provided with, isn't this an amana on us? Isn't this something that we have to look after? So if you find nail clippings, or pencil marks on the desks, or writing on the wall, graffiti outside the building, is that amana? Not at all.